0: Our industry shortage of qualified workers can't last forever, can it? From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. It's been about six months now since we last checked in on the hiring situation for our industry, and it's fair to say the need for qualified workers across business aviation is as strong as ever. And not just for pilots, but also aviation maintenance technicians, schedulers and dispatchers, flight attendants, pretty much every position out there. But for how long will that continue, and what qualities are job seekers and employers both looking for from one another right now? For insights on the current and future hiring environment, I'm pleased to welcome back Jennifer Pickerell, Vice President with Aviation Personnel International, along with Clint Canaday, operations and safety analyst with in flight crew connections. Thank you both for being on Flight Plan today. And Jennifer, let's start with you. What factors have most impacted business aviation hiring so far this year?
1: The trends that we've noticed that have most impacted the line of work that we're practicing with primarily Part 91 operators is still training, first and foremost, or the lack of training slots available. Uh, So that has this impact where it's forcing flight departments to be more tactical and less strategic about their hiring practices, meaning, you know, kind of putting function over form, if you will. So somebody needs to have the typewriting to get a job, potentially, uh, as opposed to first searching for the right complement to your culture and then training them in the aircraft. Uh, The other thing I would say we've seen more of an impact since we last spoke, Rob, is the economy. I do see more uncertainty within flight departments, a little more hesitation uh, when it comes to hiring, some thoughtfulness, right? And a little bit more, we're having more dialogue about, you know, the cost, the compensation, and the impact that's having within these flight departments, which is can be catastrophic at times, and how it impacts also the flight department's desire to try to continually prove their value because as those compensation ranges go up the level of service isn't changing much so ultimately the corporate enterprise is coming back to saying what are we getting for this money aside from our pilots staying
2: i absolutely agree with that and also still coming out of covid and the pilot shortage we've heard about that forever right Coming with that, the rates and salaries have increased dramatically, and a lot of employers are still a little behind the curve and trying to catch up there. And it's, it's difficult for them to attract top talent, you know, until they can catch up to what's going on in the industry there. And due to the high demand and low supply of qualified candidates, a lot of the candidates we do find are being a lot more selective with the positions they're willing to accept. A lot of the higher salaries, home base, set schedules are what they're looking for, quality of life. And a lot of the clients are not quite on that same trajectory yet, and their positions are staying open a lot longer than they have in the past. You know, they're losing employees to jobs that are paying higher and allowing for that better work-life balance.
0: That's definitely a priority for many job seekers, but it also sounds like employers' hiring criteria has maybe shifted a bit, particularly for pilots, in that they're more eager than ever to find candidates who can hit the ground running, as it were.
2: Absolutely, and like Jennifer spoke to, with the training slots, uh, they're looking for someone who's typed, current, and can jump into the role. That's creating a whole new challenge there as well, on top of everything else. So it's, there's, there's some unique challenges right now.
0: What about when it comes to hiring for other positions in the industry?
2: I think they're looking for, well, obviously someone who's trained current high time in a lot of cases. They aren't wanting to bring, you know, a newly typed pilot in. They're looking for someone who's, you know, in the large cabins. They've got that experience. They can hop in. Uh, They're not having to mentor, bring up a new person. You know, the mission can carry on without interruption. So I think that would be something to look at, too. You know, maybe maybe change what some of these departments are looking for to hire. What other criteria
0: are employers looking for in job candidates in this environment, Jennifer?
1: They're trying to find people who will stay, right? They're trying to understand and dig a little deeper in their interview process, you know, what motivates this person beyond compensation, beyond quality of life. I mean, I love what Clint said. He's so spot on about candidates are much more discerning now. And so I think when, An employer does identify a potential candidate, there's even more discussion about their ideal path with this organization. What kind of staying power do they have? What is their long-term plan as a potential part of the flight department? Uh, So that comes into factor quite a bit because more and more I hear conversations from Clients saying we're really nervous that someone we're going to type them in this aircraft, which, as we mentioned, the the training is hard to come by, and then they'll take that type rating and move on to someplace else. Now, that's always been a concern in business aviation, but I find I don't know if Clint has that. That's really ratcheted up because it is so tight for talent that you know they're really concerned about. Is this person going to stay if I spend $100,000 to type them in a you know long-range aircraft? So that really complicates things as well.
0: We'll be back in just a moment after this quick message from NBAA.
1: NBAA Flight Plan listeners, are you getting
0: recognized for your leadership? NBAA now offers certificates and other credentials in safety, sustainability, and more. Visit nbaa.org to apply today we're back now with jennifer pickerel and clint canaday and our discussion about industry hiring trends as we look toward the second half of 2023 jennifer we've been talking about a hiring crisis in our industry for some time in your opinion what efforts to attract new talent to business aviation are working and what more needs to be done
1: well business aviation historically does not, in my opinion, do a great job of creating its own pipeline or its own pathway into this industry. And I would say that for both maintenance professionals and on the pilot side, uh, scheduling is not excluded either in the other realms of, of our industry, but those are the two most prominent, I would say. When I came to this industry, I didn't even know it existed. And I think that's the case for the bulk of the people in North America, at least. So when I go to these universities, that have an aviation specific program, and I go to their career fair, and it's Delta and Southwest and United, and I there's little old me, and I know it's not just me, there's lots of other people in our industry who are trying to do the same. We don't have that, that power, right? We don't have that influence because frankly, I, I think in my opinion, we're not united enough in that effort. And then to kind of underscore that, when I do identify a couple of young people who have an interest in business aviation, let's say it's four out of 50, and they come to me and follow up and say, how can I get in? It's really hard for me to help them because they're fresh out of, in this case, let's talk, you know, pilots. So they're fresh out of school, they're very low time, and we, again, don't have that pathway. Where, you know, the commercial airlines, of course, they will pay for their ATP, they, they come in and will interview these students as early as sophomore level college. And if they get into these programs, they're guaranteed a spot at the regional and then on to the major. So until we really have that presence and a secure pathway, I think we're going to continue to have this problem.
0: I think Jennifer raised a good point there, Clint, in that our industry is built on relationships. That's great when you're already working in business aviation, but it can be hard for those on the outside looking for a way in.
2: Absolutely. And, and you know, on the pilot side, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of support out there, but I think more companies need to be willing to offer that support and hire a less experienced F.O., Mentor them, bring them up, mold them in to, you know, future captains. I think that's something we definitely need to see. On the flight attendant side, it's a little bit different. From what we've seen lately, there's been quite a few mentorship programs out there. There's a lot of new folks getting into the industry and shadowing experienced flight attendants. Um, they're helping them get their foot in the door and show them the ropes. So we're seeing that a lot. Um, on the maintenance side, um, there's a lot of training and certificate programs now and there's a lot of folks working at, you know, repair facilities to get their time to qualify for their AMP or even do that at the same time they're going to school. So that mentorship seems to be there. But on the pilot side, it does seem to be lacking, unfortunately.
0: To that point, our industry has also expanded its focus on diversity, equity and inclusion to not only bring people into business aviation from new backgrounds, but more importantly, to make them truly feel welcome here. Are employers embracing those efforts, Clint?
2: Well, sure. And I think they're doing that through a lot of different events or conferences. Um, There's a lot more internships being offered and advertised uh, to get people involved and interested. Um, And for people that are already in the industry, maybe fresh to the industry, um, there's a lot of personal development opportunities that are being offered now. We're starting to see a lot more of that. And I think that's a good thing. And I hope that trend continues.
0: Jennifer, like Clint mentioned, this goes beyond accepting new hires from more diverse backgrounds. Some flight departments are actively reaching out specifically to groups like the National Gay Pilots Association and the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of progress uh, in that there are more and more flight departments that I've been in discussion with who are partnering with OBAP with NGPA, where they're establishing these partnerships before they need talent. And that's really the way to go about it. So that's one thing is reaching beyond the the traditional pool with which you're drawing from. That's what I find to be the biggest obstacle uh, with a lot of flight departments is they'll come to us and say, I don't know how to form those partnerships. I don't know who to reach out to, you know, because they have a genuine desire to diversify and and for a couple of reasons, you know, there's a business case, we all know that the broader your perspective, the better solutions you come up with, the more innovative your teams can be, but also because of the talent shortage, you know, we know that we need to open our doors to more populations if you will. So, I do find that organizations who are genuinely invested in making that, they're establishing these connections with those organizations, but if not, they're kind of relying on, you know, the friends and family network. And the other suggestion I would make a lot of people will say, Well, we post a job and, and we don't get diverse populations replying to our ads. Well you know, part of that is where are you placing the ad? And that's the other, we have to take it another step further. I mean, if we, we at API call it post and pray, right? You post and you just pray that somebody responds. Well, in this market, you have to be much more aggressive and much more cognizant of what's out there. I would challenge your teams to always, always be on the lookout for talent. I mean, that's what we do. We go to conferences, we might not even have an opportunity, let's say for Rob, right? but we're going to meet Rob and get to know him so that when we do come across something, we can reach out to him. And when you get to know somebody in that authentic way before a job is potentially on the table, you establish those connections, you network, and you should always, always be recruiting for talent. And go up to people who, don't look like you. I mean, that That really, you have to have a sincere effort if you do have a desire to diversify your team in that way. I don't know if people are aware, but the FAA created a Women in Aviation Advisory Board to specifically identify what prevents women and people from underrepresented communities coming into aviation. And this is all of aviation, right? It's not just business aviation. And after a two-year study they ultimately determined the biggest factor, the biggest obstacle was culture. So, we really need to do a better job in our area of industry, business aviation, in ensuring that we do have inclusive cultures. And aside from the DEI acronym, which I know can be triggering for some people or polarizing, if we think about just inclusivity, meaning really letting people show up as who they are and fostering a sense of belonging in and amongst your team, it goes a really long way.
0: Indeed, and the push for inclusivity is thankfully one trend that we'll likely see in our industry for a long time to come. Do you expect other hiring trends to continue at the same pace for the remainder of 2023?
1: Unless something changes drastically in the economy and or that training uh, issue that we've discussed, I don't I don't see the trends changing anytime soon. I just read uh, something in Oliver Wyman's study said that, and this was specifically about maintenance, that in North America, we'll need 132,000 technicians between now and 2040, and that the demand will outpace supply beginning in 2022 and peak in 2024. Uh, So when I was at the maintenance conference I spoke on this topic and just asked for a show of hands who agrees you know and of course every hand went up like yep we're already feeling it right so so i don't see those trends changing and i know the numbers on the pilot side are are They're not actually as bad. I mean, that's what's interesting. You know, we talk about the pilot shortage quite a bit, but it's actually more dramatic uh, on the maintenance side. So I expect they're here to stay. And so I'm glad that you're bringing these things to the table, Rob, because we really have to learn to work within the confines in which we're given. And And I don't think it's going to change anytime soon.
0: What do you think, Clint? Do you expect our industry to have the help wanted signs out for the foreseeable future?
2: Absolutely, I do. I mean, business aviation is booming, continues to thrive, and we're seeing, you know, a lot of these companies are still a little behind the curve on pay and work-life balance. So that's going to continue to, you know, keep a higher demand on the contract side and permanent placements. And a lot of these companies are they're busy, they're flying, and they just don't have the time or the internal staff to focus on the hiring. So that's that's going to keep things busy for us on both permanent placement and contract.
0: That's good to hear for anyone looking for a job in our industry. And when those candidates reach out to you, Clint, what advice do you give them?
2: Network. I mean, network is very important, correct? And be patient. Um, There's a lot of opportunities out there. Do your homework. Look at the big picture. Really take a look at what you are looking for. Be open-minded and, you know, look down the road, not just what's good in the exact moment.
0: How about for someone who might already be working in business aviation, but is looking to change companies or maybe even their job position?
2: Well, I guess you have to look at, at what you want and then try and find something that matches that. And just, again, be patient, stay focused. You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. So you'll, you'll find the right fit um, and it has to be a good fit for you and the company, right? So just be patient. I think being patient's the key.
1: Jennifer, what advice would you share? Well, very much like Clint said, network, network, network. And, And as cliche as that may sound, it really, it does ring true. And so local and regional groups, you know, I'm always encouraging because I'm based here in Minnesota, always encouraging the students to come along with me. I've been tempted to rent a van and invite them to the local and regional meetings, right, just to get them out there. Because I think Clint is spot on that I've never found a business aviation professional who isn't willing to help somebody try to get into this industry. But how do we make those connections? Really, the first thing I do is start helping them try to network, you know, connecting them with somebody else who might in turn connect them with someone else and so on and so forth. So I would just say that to all of our peers out there in the industry, we really have to take that that onus, right, to help people who have an interest make those connections. Because sadly, the perception from the outside is that you can't get in unless you know somebody, right? So it kind of has this stigma that it's a special club and, and we don't want to have that stigma. So absolutely uh, network, learn more and and get a varied view, right? So talk to all different aspects of the industry, you know, someone who maybe is the, in the air traffic control, someone who is a, a scheduler, you know, uh, all, all, you know, kind of have a, a, a wide view of the industry. Uh, and, and for somebody who is currently in the industry and potentially making a move Again, I'd underscore what Clint said, be discerning, be really discerning because right now there is a power dynamic shift. There has been a paradigm shift and employees or, you know, people looking for work have more of the power than normal. So don't exploit that. Use it to your advantage, but use it smartly. So be very choosy about where you're going. And the first way to do that is to really first be centered with yourself and what's motivating you. So if you genuinely feel that you're underpaid, okay, well then maybe compensation is high on your list, but don't just go to the highest bidder. You know, I think we've all been in a position where we've worked at a job that's well-paying and we're kind of miserable. So we have to keep those motivations in check and, and remember the other elements of work that keep us happy. We all need to pay the bills but what keeps your cup full so to speak you know what kind of culture is best for you uh, so don't let go of those things and make sure you kind of have those priorities in order within yourself and then stick to them <laughs> it's really everybody loves to be wooed everybody loves to be courted you know so uh, so don't fall in love too quick
0: that is very good advice
1: and i want to just add if i can rob that there is definitely hope for employers and and i feel for that group right now right now too uh, because i'm sure it feels like they have very little control over you know keeping their talent attracting new talent Um, but when you look at surveys online compensation is never the highest thing that keeps people you can look at a million surveys and it's often culture you know they say what culture eats strategy for breakfast so don't underestimate the value of building a good culture and understanding how to share those values with your prospective talent, because not every candidate out there is looking for the highest dollar. And, and we've gotten pushback on this. People have said, oh, you know, you can do culture all day. All, all that matters is what you're paying people. I disagree. I know there's a large chunk of people that are motivated by compensation right now, but there are still really, really good people out there who are looking for compensation and culture. And that's where you get the staying power that we were talking about earlier. If you really key in on those motivators, the people that you're interviewing, you know, try and find someone who values what you're offering beyond the compensation. To
0: that point, Jennifer, I've been thinking about what you said earlier about culture. I think we tend to think of that as this singular monolithic thing, especially when it comes to a company's culture. But that's really informed by the individual cultures and backgrounds that each employee brings to the table.
1: I agree. And, and it's, and it doesn't cost you anything. That's the best part. It very seldom you can make small changes that have big impact just by having those discussions with your team and asking them to reach out to include the new employee talking about when you have a healthy culture, When your people go out into the world, they talk about that. They tell other people about that, right? They tell other people about how happy they are at their place of work. So it really does kind of then advertise itself. (laughs) Once you get that reputation, that's a very good thing.
2: It can be hard for people to get into this industry. So I think it's important to, you know, have those conversations with people if they show an interest. Do what you can to, you know, inform that person, try and help them out, guide them, mentor them a little bit. And myself, I mean, I love this industry. I've been in it for a long time. I'll do anything I can to help anyone out. So I mean, anyone's welcome to reach out to me as well. But I think we can all just, you know, help each other out, you know, new people, people already in the industry. That'll be good for all of us.
0: And if you're looking for a career in business aviation, you can also check out NBAA's Jobs Board, a comprehensive resource that not only helps match companies with prospective employees, but also offers job seekers tips on such important skills as networking, utilizing social media, and putting your best foot forward at an interview. Visit NBAA.org forward slash jobs. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan.
2: Six miles right face, sending out a
0: 3,500. We got him inside. We're it back to 170.